He's just got his finger on the pulse of the whole Columbus music scene. From our studio located somewhere in the depths of the 614, here's your host, Rick Gethin. We're back from Edward Nationwide, the Cat Club podcast on the air for another exciting episode to close out 2018. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bossy Girls Pinup Joint. Located at 2598 North High Street, right here in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. They're a trashy yet classy hangout for local musicians, burlesque dancers, comedians, and entertainers from all walks of life. They have a great beer selection, whiskey, tasty sandwiches, locally roasted coffee, and what every millennial loves, free Wi-Fi. They're open seven days a week. Give them a call, 614-725-725. 5402. That's Bossy Girls Pinup Joint, 2598 North High Street in Columbus. Uh, buy the ticket. Uh, take the ride. And yes, boys and girls, to close out 2018, a musician that has been on my radar for a long, long time. I've been remiss in not having him on the show. But I'm so honored and pleased to welcome into the Cat Club Podcast Studio, Matt Monta. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, one, I'll get this out of the way right now because I'm going to say it all show long. Fantastic fucking music, man. I just I really dig your stuff. Thanks. Uh, throughout your history, and we're going to get into that. Cool. But most recently, I saw you uh, just before Thanksgiving. As part of the Last Waltz tribute at the Newport. Yes. And you did uh, Mystery Train by the band. Yep. And killed it with the harmonica. Thank you. It was, I mean, Mystery Train and it sounded like a train coming down the tracks. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a challenging part. Paul Butterfield's no slouch when it comes to playing harmonica or singing the blues. So, uh, you know, there's a lot lot to live up to doing that part and uh you know it's the fourth year i think i've done it so every year i i get a little bit better you learn a little bit of the ins and outs and the nuances um and always have fun playing with james and all of those guys and gals on stage it's uh it's a rare opportunity to you know share a stage that big a venue that big with musicians that good on a night like that and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's all the musicians that played, um, and this was the fifth year that they've done it. All the musicians that played. I mean, it was it was a who's who of the of the quality of musicianship that we have here in the city. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. And it was it's funny because when I first did it on their on number two, I didn't know any of the people. I knew Stephanie Rogers. I've known her for a while. Um, you know, Eric Nassau. Um, Eric Hughes, uh, there, there are a few people that I knew, but a lot of the guys in the backing band I'd never met before. Right. And I talked with some other friends who have been coming to the show for a lo- for many years now, and we said, how do we not know who these people were? <laughs> like, ever, these people, all these musicians and singers and performers are all so good. How do we not know who these people are? So not only is it, you know, an incredible opportunity to perform in an incredible show, but it's it's been a real community bonding experience doing this show every year well it's, it's musicians from kind of across the spectrum yeah absolutely um, of, of the music scene here uh, in Columbus when you look at it I mean just the house band mm-hmm. uh, with I mean the guitarist uh, was it uh, Webb Schneider yeah with the Quasi Kings mm-hmm. um, and, and then you have soul and funk I mean all these different artists and, and musicians that are up, up on stage and Eric Nassau I mean yeah. covering the Neil Diamond song from from the last waltz, and he had the look going out of the shades too. Yeah, he channeled Neil Diamond in yeah. that way. But I mean, yeah, they're just fantastic musicians. Any way you look at it, 
Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and you got your start uh, 2007, kind yeah. of getting out there and, and, and playing, and then uh, actually quit your day job in 2016 to do this full time. That's correct. That's correct. How, uh, I don't want to say how big of a decision, but how scary was it to say, okay, I'm going to quit my day job and just do this? I mean, were things falling into place in 2016 to be able to do that, or was it was it a leap of faith and I'm just going to have to work my tail off type of thing? Um, I I'd spent the 10 years or so prior doing a lot of work to... Uh, Build the professional side of being a musician. Um, on the on the on the audience side, you know, you might come into a bar and see a band, and you think that they just walked in with ten songs to play or an hour, or three hours worth of music or whatever, and like that's all that went into it. They sure. just walk in with the guitar and say, "Hey, I'm here to play. <laughs> uh, can you give me some money for beer?" And that's it. Well, there's a lot that goes into the business of music. Sure. Um, working with venues, working with bookers, working with other bands, working with your own bandmates, um, scheduling, emails, communications, uh, all you know, keeping track of your finances, all on top of writing the songs, arranging them, recording them. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And um, between 2007, when I started playing at the Thirstier Open Mic with Billy Zen, to 2016, it was a lot of you know, building bands, writing songs, trying to record, um, making a lot of mistakes, uh, and learning how to not only get gigs in Columbus, but get gigs out of town. Sure. and building relationships and, and forming friendships with people who live in other cities that also tour. Right. Um, my friend Andrew Grimm, uh, who goes by June Star, he's from Baltimore, and he's one of the first people I met that tours regularly. He's been doing this for, for a decade now, maybe more. And uh, he's he was really one of the helpful people when I said, I don't know how to do this. I've never gone on tour before, and this was in 2015. 14, 2015, I think. And he said, well, come with me. We'll go to Charleston. We'll go out to Chicago. And, you know, we bounced around and did, um, you know, five or six gigs together on the road uh, when I had a day job and could and, and could only, like, take a day sure. off, you know, just, just a little bit of cushion. Uh, and he, you know, he gave me the experience. So then once we did that, it's kind of like, you know, someone shows you how to, uh, I don't know, frame frame a deck right you go through that whole experience then the next time you can do it on your own right exactly so so you know the up to going up to that point um you know i, I looked at everything and and i was looking at at my situation work-wise and i said i think it's either now or never and i'm ready to m make uh make the leap without the safety net and to uh you know, do the things that I need to do to make this work. Sure. Uh, and every day is a challenge. Even the people who have been doing it for, for decades or more will tell you that. Um, but I can't think of anything more rewarding and, and personally, mm. spiritually satisfying than performing and playing music. And when I quit, I found an article in Quartz, uh, just happened to pop up. It must have been the algorithm, but it said, "Don't ask yourself what you want to do. Ask yourself what you're willing to suffer through." And the things that I have to deal with, uh, any musician has to deal with to to make things work, um, beats doing anything else. Oh, the, sure. the, the worst days are better than you know better any than average day, day at, at another job. Sure. Stuck in an stuck in an office or sitting at a desk or something like that. And that's the way it should be. Um, yes. Especially if you if you love doing what you do and you, and you make good music, which you do. Thanks. Speaking of which, this yeah. is a music show, so we should probably play some music. Um, I picked four tracks from your latest album, Restless Disposition, Matt Monta and the Haymakers. This is the track, She's So Beautiful, and you're hearing it on the Cat Club Podcast. Flying in the past 
Monta and the Haymakers with She's So Beautiful as one of the uh, studio cats here at the Cat Club uh, is sneezing up a storm. Um, but Matt, fantastic song. Thanks. Uh, She's So Beautiful, third track on the Restless Disposition album. But a song I thought really kind of would set the tone for today's show. It shows that upbeat, it's a positive song. And I mean, what guy's not going to say that about a girl? Yeah. She's So Beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it evokes, to me, emotions and, and images of either, like, springtime or summertime. You're out and about, and you just, you're loving life. Yeah, and it's a lot of, I think, when you become attracted to somebody or, or, or I, I hate to, I hesitate, I hesitate to use the phrase fall in love, but... Um, when you become enamored with someone, it's a, a state of vulnerability and it's a state of, um, it can be a state of confusion where you don't know exactly what you're doing and what you're saying. And, you know, if, if uh, you, you feel self-conscious about doing the right thing because you hope that the other person will, uh, will dig what you're doing. That is the very definition of love. Yeah. <laughs> Love is scary, and and not knowing if the person that you're, you know, I don't want to say trying to impress, but you want them to feel comfortable around you. Yeah, and it's scary. It's a scary time. It really is. Yeah, and 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 the it's a love song, but it's not like uh, syrupy. Oh, she's so beautiful, and right. I, you know, I how how do I love? This is a guy's love song. It really is. Okay. You know, it's it's not, and I'm not making fun of, of women and and the you know what what's the word they use chick flicks with the Hallmark movies and stuff like that. It's a guy's love song. Something. Hey, she's so beautiful. Yeah, and that's all there is. But yeah. we have to take our first break. We're gonna come back on the other side with Matt 
Monta. This is the Cat Club Podcast. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius, Hawaiian style. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. King of the Karaoke Mike. Mr. King of the Karaoke Mike. Armed with your mic, you brazenly take to the stage, refusing to leave until every last person has been lulled into a peaceful slumber. Wake me when it's over. Country, rock, R&B. From your lips, it all sounds the same, like a sick cat trapped under a parked car. That's a flat kitty. Sure, nobody's clapping, but that doesn't mean you can't give them six more encores. They're clapping on the inside. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh hero of the high note. You sing to the beat of a different drum, because the one in your ear is clearly broken. Mr. Karaoke King of the Mouth. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. If you don't like them, I'm sure your sister will. Hey, babe, you want to go out? We're back. Round two. I'm your host, Rick Gethin. This is the Cat Club Podcast. With me in the studio, Matt Monta of Matt Monta and the Haymakers. Also, Matt Monta, the solo artist. Yes. Um, and you, you play, uh, you've played a few solo shows here. Mm-hmm. Recently, yep. Um, your next show is coming up January fourth. It's literally five days away. Yes, the first show of twenty nineteen. First Friday of twenty nineteen. What better way? What better place to spend it than the Rambling House? Oh, there you go. That is a uh, quick, you know, garnering a name for yourself and 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 really just kind of bringing these local musicians and and giving them more exposure. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying unknown artists. But it seems like more and more people are playing the Rambling House and, and yeah. whatnot as far as... Uh, I'm seeing a little bit more of a diverse line yeah. going through there. Yeah, um, it's it's a cool um, it's a cool spot. It's a small spot. Right. So it's not like you have to worry about getting 200 people in to make the room look half full. Sure. Um, but it's also not so small that you can't bring amps in. Uh, so I enjoy playing there. And the people that... Um, the people that attend the shows are people that want to listen to original music. It's a lot of... Uh, every time I've played there, it's been different people. People that I've never seen in a show before. And that's exciting to me as an artist. And, um, you know, the fact that they'll listen to what we're doing uh, is even a bigger bonus. Oh, there you go. Now, Restless Disposition mm-hmm. is your... I want to say... Third full-length album with the Haymakers. Correct. Uh, second full length, we did an EP in between okay. called so, Motion. Um, but yeah, it's it's our it's third full length under my name. Where you find love in American Ryman? Were was one just you? So American Ryman was my first album. That was a solo record okay. in 2013. Uh, Where you find love was the first album with the Haymakers okay. in 2015. 2016, we did an EP called Motion, which was uh, reimagining, rearrangement, full band versions of. Some of the more popular songs from American, my solo album, American Ryman. So we had Where You Find Love, Motion, and then Restless Disposition. We finished this year, and we just put out a couple singles this fall as well. So we're keeping busy, and I'm still writing, and we're still playing music. And your most recent uh, effort, Restless Disposition with Mm -hmm. the Haymakers, uh, released April of 2018. Correct. Do you have new music in the works? Is there a timetable for for a new album, or is that still on the horizon always? Well, we we had um, sort of. I wrote some songs over the summer, and uh, we recorded those and put those out. One of them is called "Deflecting Blame," and that's on Spotify. The other, the B side, I guess, is "The Night," and that's on my Bandcamp page. But I'm going to put it on Spotify soon. Uh, and then I have a bunch of things that I'm sort of sitting on, uh, but there's no timetable yet. Okay. Uh, we're not sure. I'm not sure if I'm gonna do singles and then you know record them and then build an EP or a full length off of that. Um, as we were talking before you hit the record button, the landscape has changed where people are buying singles now right. as opposed to albums, and so it's like if I, if we wait two years to put together a 12 song album. Is that going to be worth it, or do we space things out? So we're still making some of those decisions. Um, and I'm, I've relocated to Richmond, Virginia, so uh, 
for the time being, like we don't have our regular weekly rehearsals, uh, so we can't hash through new stuff. Now is that a weekly. permanent move? Down in Richmond, not sure yet. Okay, um, we're still uh, my my wife uh, got a job out there, okay. and so um, I'm a little more flexible with my location of employment. So I <laughs> I'm, I'm okay to move. I just pack up the guitar and give me a microphone. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see. We may be back in the summer. We may be there another year. We might be out there for the long haul. We just don't know yet. Um, but I've been writing a lot of stuff and trying to do arrangements at home by myself. But um, right now we're just we're doing our gigs and um, ho- are thrilled when people hear the album and say, "Hey, we want to talk to you more about this." <laughs> well, speaking of the album, yeah, um, there are two songs especially. We're going to be playing both of those during the show today. Sure. As a matter of fact, one coming up uh, in this segment. But two artists. Um, Big time, I mean, everybody knows these names. But these two artists, you definitely remind me of them. Um, styling, and it's not that you sound like them, but you you conjure that image, the vibe I'm getting. Uh, and one is Bruce Springsteen, and I'm talking like Stone Ponies era, early 70s, before he really made it big. Uh, Bruce Springsteen and Jackson Brown. Um, you're, just your lyric, the way that you sing your lyrics, very much Jackson Brown. That's that's interesting. Um, when we were started working on the songs, and I gave the demos to Joe Veers, who produced and, and engineered. Um, Joe Veers of Sonic Lounge. Yes, yeah. Joe Veers of Sonic Lounge. He said, "Yeah, these remind me of like Jackson Brown tunes." And it was, it was funny because I wasn't really super familiar with Jackson Brown, and uh, some other people came to me and said the same thing. And so, and and you're saying the same thing too, sort of unprompted. We've never really met before today. Right. Um, and so I started listening to Jackson Brown after that, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like this is these are really good tunes. I'm yeah. glad that that comparison's being made." And that's the thing. I mean, that's what it reminds me of. Um, I mean, you're, you're basically you're you're a modern day troubadour, um, you know, with your songwriting uh, is the way it, it comes across to me. But I want to play that song for you now. And this one, like I said, really kind of reminds me. This is the one that off the album off. Restless disposition mm-hmm. that really kind of reminds me of Jackson Brown, that cool. early '70s, um, kind of the heyday when he was hanging out with Crosstails and Nash, uh, Johnny Mitchell, the whole the whole uh, gamut of uh, not James Brown, but uh, oh good lord, I just had a brain cramp, and that usually happens on the show at some point. Um, James Taylor, oh yeah, um, that whole kind of singer songwriter. Um, group were all hanging out in the early 70s before uh, everybody got huge, super huge, but they were they were well known at that point. But anyway, this is a track called I Won't Be Scared by Matt Monta and the Haymakers from their album Restless Disposition, and you're listening to it on the Cat Club Podcast. Stones don't 
Matt Monta and the Haymakers with I Won't Be Scared from their album Restless Disposition. Fantastic track, Matt. Thank you. Uh, really, that does remind you of that, that early 70s era Jackson Brown uh, where, I mean, he was part of that California scene. The Eagles, Crossfields and Nash, Johnny Mitchell, I mean, just on and on and on. But you remind me so much of, of Jackson Brown and, and the way that he puts together a song um, with that. Obviously, you didn't really know too much about Jackson Brown before people started referencing sure. him. Um, do you see it? Do you hear it in your music now? Not having people tell you that's who you remind them of? I mean, I don't, I don't listen to Jackson... I, I don't listen to Jackson Brown and be like, this, these are the types of songs that I'm making. Right, I can right. listen to it and go, I could see why they would say that. Right. Um, and I dig Jackson Brown. I, I, um, I, I like his tunes, and I'll throw them on and listen um, when I get a chance. And I, you know, I've started exploring how, how can I write and perform piano-centric rock songs so you know like Warren Zevon um, and uh, you know some of Bruce Springsteen stuff does it but Jackson Brown Elton John things like that mm-hmm. um, because I think that can that can lend itself to some very interesting sounds and very interesting rhythms that you can't necessarily get playing on an acoustic guitar sure. and it's always good to as a as a musician play instruments you're not so familiar with right. and the piano is something that I have limited knowledge with in comparison to you know the guitar harmonica i can play one song on the piano and that's yellow submarine by the beatles that's pretty good my grandmother taught me how to do yeah. it i mean she had an organ in the house so. yeah was it one of those foot pump pedal organs no oh. no not quite that old <laughs> my parents had one of those and it was uh it was very strange because it had all the it looked like something out of a 1960s star trek thing how oh, the sure. knobs you pull and then you push it and it and it wheezes and breathes, and you're just hitting, hitting things and making noise. And well, she had a piano in there. I mean, little bench piano from God when I was a little kid. And then in the '70s, she got her first organ. Yeah. So it was it was different. Yeah. But she enjoyed playing music. Yeah. Um, never wrote any of her own, but she just enjoyed music, enjoyed playing it. Thing, and that's where my love of the Lawrence Walk show came from. There my you grandmother. go, <laughs> And champagne music. Uh, we have to take another break. We're going to come back on the other side with more stories and more music from Matt Monta and the Haymakers. I'm Rick Geffen. He's Matt Monta. This is the Cat Club Podcast. Hi, Tom Bodet using this streaming music format to fulfill my lifelong dream of being a 50s radio DJ. Here goes. Hey, guys and gals, this is Tombo spinning the platters that matter at number six on your motel dial. Get a clean, comfy pad for the best deal you ever had. Just say, we'll leave the light on for you. The phrase that pays less. Man, that was fun. Book now at motel6.com or on your smartphone. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Man, I might just chill tonight. Puppy monkey, baby. Puppy monkey, baby. Puppy monkey 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 baby. Mountain Dew Kickstart. Do juice. Caffeine. Puppy monkey baby. The competition has taken notice. Oh my god. Good luck keeping up with us. Amateurs. And we're back. New and improved. The Cat Club Podcast is the sweetest smelling podcast in the world, according to four out of five dentists surveyed. And don't ask me why the dentists are weighing in on why this is the sweetest smelling podcast, but we use Old Spice because we like to smell good. I'm your host, Rick Gethin. This is the Cat Club Podcast with me in the studio, Matt Monta. Uh, Matt, uh, I can't get over how great your music is. and I Thanks. I feel so bad not having had you on the show before now. Well, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Well, there so we go. Here well, we are, and I'm happy to be here. The final show of 2018, as yep. we roll into 2019, yep. um, what 
what is on the books? What do you have planned for Matt Monta and or Matt Monta and the Haymakers in the coming year? Well, it's our big show that we've got, aside from January 4th, is the Johnny Cash tribute show, which is in its seventh or eighth year. I can't even keep track. Um, but Brady Axender hatched that idea one night at the Shrunken Head, and we've been doing it for, I think this is going to be the eighth year. I think it was 2011 was when we did the first one, and I was I was there for that um, and have been in most of them. And it's ten bands doing all Johnny Cash. Uh, I'm not sure if it's ten this year, but, but a bunch of bands doing all Johnny Cash, no repeats. And that's going to be February 23rd at Woodland's Backyard. Um, and, you know, it's exciting because we're all big Johnny Cash fans. And I mean, who's not? One of the greatest American songwriters. Absolutely, and and if you don't like Johnny Cash, well, maybe you need to reexamine some things about about yourself and your musical tastes. But <laughs> no, it's okay if you don't like Johnny Cash. I'm addressing the microphone directly. If you don't like Johnny Cash, that's okay. I understand, but but there's always there's at least one song in there for you, and and, and it's not all just Ring of Fire and Folsom Prison Blues. Um, right. So we're doing that, and then I'm like I mentioned before, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, so I've been. Um, familiarizing myself with um, the Richmond music scene sure. and, and uh, venues out there so uh, what I'd like to do is is uh, you know do some more gigs out there get the band out there uh, and then tour a little bit in the Midwest uh, put some dates on the books maybe in St. Louis Chicago Indianapolis um, down in Kentucky, you know, so Midwest, a little bit, maybe going to the South a little sure. bit. So, um, still, it's the end of the year, and I'm still getting through the holidays. So, I'll be looking more at a maybe a more concrete plan. I'd like to get something recorded and maybe put out next year, either another another set of singles or maybe an EP. We'll have to sort of see where things are at. So, with at least for the time being, relocating to Richmond, sure, Virginia. Does that mean we're going to see less of Matt Monta here? Columbus? Yes, it, it does. And so our last show with the band until the Johnny Cash show is going to be on the 4th. Okay. So if you want to see uh, me and the Haymakers uh, live, your next chance to do that until February is this Friday. At the Rambling House. At the Rambling House with uh, John Dubuck and the Guilty Pleasures from Dayton, Ohio, and Landon Rowe, who is an awesome singer-songwriter here in Columbus. Excellent. Now... Guitars. Let's talk guitars. Okay. You play obviously numerous guitars, but the one that I that I see, I I guess the the one I've seen in the most pictures of you mm -hmm. looks like a Tele. Is yes. it a Telecaster? The red Telecaster. Yes. yes. Is that your axe of choice? When I play at the Haymakers, it is. I like. Uh, that's a. I always get the numbers mixed up, but it's a 1982 reissue of a 65. Um, but it has a nice tone that, that oh, it's really great. fits the Haymaker sound. Yeah, it's it's a pretty classic. It's a pretty classic sound, and it was one of those guitars where I picked it up, I plugged it in, I played one chord, and said, "This is I'm buying this guitar." I don't, you know, it was it's the most expensive guitar I own, and it uh, it felt so good. I just I was like, "This is this is a tool. This is the very expensive tool in the shop that is going to make my job a lot easier." Um, and uh, that's that's what I play primarily. I play an acoustic uh, Alvarez uh, when I do solo gigs. Oh, very nice. Yep. Very nice. Uh, what do you use for your amps? I have a Fender Excelsior, okay. which is a part of the Pawn Shop series from Fender, and it's got two knobs, a volume knob and a tremolo knob, and then three inputs for a guitar vocal or a guitar a mic and an accordion so those just are eq'd a little bit differently um i'm honestly not as much of a gearhead as i probably should be i've been learning a lot of it in the last few years in terms of pedals and i was gonna you say know, you have a pretty like clean sound right? it's not not you know overly effects driven and whatnot yeah so. jamie mollisey our lead guitar player is silly with that stuff he knows how to use it he knows how to make it do what it's not supposed to do <laughs> like he knows how to he knows how to make sounds that i wouldn't even begin to think about making sure. um i'm i'm i come up from playing acoustic guitar and singing singer songwriter stuff so the learning lead and learning effects uh, has been something that I've has been a, a process for me in the last several years as as the haymakers have grown and, and developed. 
Well, I have to say I love the sound Thanks. and, and that, that telly, even if it is a reissue, I'll take it because it, it's a fantastic guitar uh, that you're playing right there. But let's play some more music. Here's one. Uh, you actually have a video for this. Yes. This track. Uh, it's called Seasonal Lover. This is Matt Monta and the Haymakers from their album Restless Disposition. And you're listening to it on the Cat Club Podcast. And the Haymakers, another fantastic track from the Restless Disposition album, uh, available at his website, 
uh, mattmonta.com. Yep. Um, also on Bandcamp. Um, just search Matt Monta and the Haymakers or Matt Monta. You'll find it. We'll have links to all that when we publish a show here on uh, December 31st, which is literally tomorrow. Totally New Year's blows, Eve. Totally blows my mind. Yeah, I know. It's, like 2018 is pretty much uh, dust in the wind at this point. A lot of dust in the wind. <laughs> a lot of dust in the wind. That's the way it usually goes. Yeah. Um, so here's where I put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, with that song. Yeah. Seasonal Lover, which is such a feel-good song. I mean, it's just keeps you going along. Even though the lyrics at times can kind of, if you let them, take you to a little bit of a melancholy place. Sure. I was, I was catching part of that. But... There's also that, it's like a feel-good aura about it. And it makes me wonder, where did that song come from? So, what the tune is touching on is, uh, you know, thinking about relationships or your perception of what a relationship should be. Um, And then thinking about... You know the 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 temporariness of meeting somebody and the uh, expectations you might have for them or the expectations they might have for you, and you know how difficult it is to meet those expectations. And there's a bit of of nostalgia to it too because because it's easy to look back on things and go well what if it, what could it have been or what you know if if x had only happened hindsight is always 2020 though it is and as as paul simon said everything looks worse in black and white i think he, better better through rose colored shades you know. he said he in kodachrome he says everything looks worse in black and white but <laughs> there's another version which says everything looks better in black and white so i think that was after he'd done some growing up um, but, you know, the song itself is, is looking at, uh, you know, sort of someone thinking about their past and thinking about what could have happened or, or why did things go wrong, while at the same time being, um, you know, stuck in their current situation by their inability to get past those thoughts. Sure. I mean, and the thing is, every one of us has had a seasonal lover. Yeah. In some form or another. Yeah. But we have to take our final break. We're going to come back on the other side with my personal favorite from the Restless Disposition album. I'm Rick. He's Matt. This is the Cat Call Podcast. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. ADSPF Sunblock Wearer. Mr. ADSPF Sunblock Wearer. There are 24 hours in a day. You're wearing 80 hour protection. If the sun fails to go down, you'll be ready. Don't forget the moonlight. Your coconut scented force field blocks out all the sun's rays and any stray rays from another sun in another galaxy. Your star. 30 SPF, please. You might as well be wearing cooking oil. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light, Mr. ADSPF sunblock wearer. In fact, feel free to crack one open at high noon in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Mr. ADSPF sunblock wearer. Bud Light beer, Anheuser-Busch, Cartersville, Georgia. If all radio stations in town were palm trees, we'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. Big coconuts or not, you've got the Cat Club podcast. To ring in your 2018 and slowly tumble into 2019. I'm your host, Rick Gethin. With me in the studio, honored to have Matt Monta of Matt Monta and the Haymakers. Also, Matt Monta, the solo artist. Yes. Um, Hello. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I'm still back. here. I haven't. I, he hasn't thrown me out. <laughs> uh, no, you... I haven't thrown anybody out of here, although there's probably a few I should have <laughs> at, at, at different points, especially the ones that bring in a bottle of tequila. That usually, the show goes off the rails real quick, <laughs> um, but we, we try to keep those shows few and far between. Yes. <laughs> keep it somewhat on, on the rails. Uh, 
Your latest album, Restless Disposition, we've been playing yeah. tracks from that all show long. Uh, fantastic album. I encourage all the kids listening, go out, pick it up, support local music. Uh, even though he is relocating and leaving us by moving to Richmond, Virginia, uh, I can't wait till you come back Thanks. from time to time. It's gonna be it's gonna be happening now. Matt Monta's back in town. Maybe. <laughs> or they'll go, ah, he's back. He's back. We thought we were rid Damn. of him. <laughs> Damn, I gotta see him again. Uh, no, I, I, I really am looking forward to what is next in store for, for you and, and your career and, and new music yeah. that, that you have that will be coming out. Um, whether that's singles, an EP, a full-length album, I don't care. Yeah. Um, good music is good music, and when I hear good music, I want more of it. So I'll take what you're going to give us, man. Great. <laughs> that way. Um, so what is you said you you've already started to make kind of like that relocation down yeah. to, down to Richmond. What's the scene like down there compared to here, to Columbus? Um, so Richmond, uh, Richmond's a great music town. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I couldn't have really asked for a better relocation because my wife's in the academic world, so it's not like you just go down to the university and take the help wanted sign out of the window and say I'm here when do I start it's you you kind of go where there are jobs and uh, Richmond uh, has a, a, a very vibrant scene I, there's an open mic every night of the week sometimes twice sometimes two on a night from Monday uh, through Saturday sometimes I mean there's just you, things pop up that I don't even know exist um, on top of that some of the open mics have live bands like you can like there's a house band that you can get to back you wow uh, or you can have your own band come in and do a couple tunes uh, and that's a really cool and interesting idea and Maxwell Sebastian uh, is doing that down at Park Street now here in Columbus on Monday nights um, and so if you're a musician or want to go down and play with a band or just want to go to an open mic that's a cool place to go uh, Richmond there's a lot of young musicians out there there's a lot of talented people um there's a, a a lot of representation from different genres so there's a there's a big blues and jazz scene, like a huge jazz scene i mean every restaurant that i've gone to um and a lot of the musicians i've met are all jazz people and vcu has a pretty renowned jazz program i think that's where a lot of them are coming from sure um so you have music in almost every part of the city at every event uh, and it's a lot of original stuff, which is exciting for me. Um, so it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty active scene. It's it's a diverse scene, and um, it's a kind of it's a competitive scene. Uh, so sure. so it's I just today a guy messaged me and said, Hey, I have an opening this Saturday. Can you come play? I waited two minutes. I waited two minutes to respond and say yes. And he said, "I someone else already took it." <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, I guess I don't have to worry about hustling back." To wow, I was going to say ultra competitive at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, it's it's uh, with Columbus. I found that the city's undergoing a lot of changes. Sure, uh, the, the the a lot of venues have closed or changed hands or moved. Um, and Two here recently: Bethel World Pub and King Avenue Five. Bethel World Pub closed. Yeah. Really, I didn't know that because that's um, right. It might be just here after New Year's, but I know King Avenue Five is the same thing. Right yeah. after New Year's, is the same thing. I didn't know Bethel Road was closing because we live up in that area. Um, but yeah, King Avenue Five is closing, and so you know a lot of people who have been building a, building the scene here for for ten years or so, and maybe have done it two or three times with venues closing down, are like, I'm tired of doing this. You know, uh, there was a big my, one of my favorite events was the Blues Jam over at Thirsty Ear, and when the Thirsty Ear changed hands, the blues people had to find a new home, and I think a lot of those people were older, like in their fifties and sixties. This was ten years ago, and I think they just said, you know what, we'll do our festivals and stuff, but like it's so much work to build to build something up that it's it's exhausting when you know venues close down. There's no expectations change, and yeah. and you're trying to put the energy in. Uh, it's kind of like building a, a Lego set, and then someone comes and smashes it, and like build it again. And by the third or fourth time you're doing it, you're like, I don't even want to mess with it because it's going to. I'm, I'm done beating my head against the wall. Yeah, at, at that type of 
that that point, and, which is, is understandable. But I think that there's like Maxwell, and then um, uh, Eric Rollins is doing. Uh, th- those two guys are doing a lot of cool jams and um, open mic type stuff. And of course, you have the open mic at Tree Bar, Zach Whitney, and, and Billy Zen doing his open mic at the Shrunken Head. And I believe Bossy Girls has one on yep. Tuesday nights yep, too. Bossy Girls has one that's um, been ongoing for a long time. And it's it's you know I'm seeing a lot more stuff come up. And there's 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 a there's a demand and need for it. But as the city grows and changes and, and, and venues get pushed out to the outskirts, it's separating things. Uh, and it's going to be important for people to um, dig their heels in and, and um, build those jams and open mics in those communities. Um, for the younger people, because as the older people get older and have kids and jobs and get tired, it's like being out on t- at midnight on a Tuesday just isn't an option. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, earlier shows. That seems to be the oh, I love earlier shows. The uh, the consensus I've heard from a lot of uh, different people. But we need to play one final song, and we're going to talk about it on the other side. But this is my personal favorite from your album, Restless Dispositions. This is Infinite Loops by Matt Monta and the Haymakers. So quickly were we hunting something that wasn't there no My face is cold and I'm feeling sickly So I broke beard and I won't cut my hair I have no idea what we're so afraid of And why these demons keep us up at night There is nothing around that's going to hurt And every passing day would we do right now We will change tomorrow Along with everything we tried to say And when you worry if there are trips before you You will get snared by what you cannot feel And you'll stumble off of your feet forever And crash on the Perfect and with no miracle against this rule. So just accept that what causes effects. And if you let it ride, baby, I will keep it cool. Now I'm finished, and I'll give you a moment to wipe your eyes off upon your sleeve. We can mount this horse and finish the battle and create something.
Infinite Loops by Matt Monta and the Haymakers. Matt, like I said, my personal favorite yeah. track off of that, but lyrically and the vibe I'm getting reminds me it's it's early Stone Ponies era Bruce Springsteen. Throwing a little bit of Jackson Brown, um, but but it's it's really that song to me is it's so different from everything else on the Restless yeah. Disposition album, but in the same breath, it fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Within, within the the hierarchy of the album. So that that's interesting because I originally wrote that on an open tuned uh, resonator guitar, and I brought it to the band. And I said, "This is." what I, I have and so we took it from the perspective of the band which is big choruses and stuff mm -hmm. like that and and we turn into a three four like tom waits waltzy stomp thing and i was reading um finishing the hat by stephen sondheim and he was talking about a party that he was at where they they asked him to play some of his tunes and he played the big ones that he thought everyone would love and someone came up to him he's up to him and said not everyone has to be a showstopper right and so I said, that's an interesting idea. And I said, well, let's take it back to its to its base. Like let's mm -hmm. let's focus on that riff. And I did some chord changes, and and we got the song we got, and everyone got to open up a little bit with their instruments and do something a little different. And that's what made that song really exciting for us. See, to me, that 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 song, Infinite Loop, is very much a, a what I would call a deep album. Sure. Um, but it's one that I fell in love with the first time I played it. Yeah. And that love has just grown exponentially. Awesome. With each subsequent time that I listen to that track. But then again, what do I know? When you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. As most of our listeners know, I have absolutely no fucking point when I am, you know, talking. But my guests always do. And today I have the honor of having Matt Monta on the show. Matt, I can't thank you so much for, for coming on and doing the final show of 2018 to kind of carry us into 2019. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Always happy to do it. And your next show, January 4th at the Rambling House. Be sure to check that out, kids. Right on uh, Hudson Street in Columbus, just north of downtown. Next week, we have After Death planned for the first show of 2019. Until then... See ya! Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail.